0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. We're still on the series, God is for me. Can somebody say, God is for me? me. Amen. And so we've been on this series, and this is the sixth part, but I believe you're going to enjoy this service today. Amen? God just keeps adding to it. And uh, if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Psalms 118.6. We're going to go with our uh, main text that we've been going with on on the series. And um, and this says, this says, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear, Psalms 118.6, right. I will not fear, what can man do to me? Right. Amen. Right. And so I'm going to say this, that, that we got to be very careful that we're not getting into worry or, or anxiety or... Or fear, amen? We don't want to fear anything, amen? Um, uh, pray, pray for everything and fear nothing, somebody said. So if you're staying in prayer, you're not going to be in fear, amen? And then Psalms 118.7 says, The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Amen. I like what it says in, this, in the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look triumphant at those who hate me. Amen. And we know that our fight is not, you know, it's not against flesh and blood. So, so we, our fight really is, is those principalities, those wicked spirits in the heavenly places that come against us. But they can come through people to come against us. Amen. But we can pray for the people that come against us. Amen. So, so, so we will look triumphant over those that may not agree with what we're doing. Amen. Right. Praise God. In Psalms 54, 4, it says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who will uphold my life. Amen. And then in Psalms 56, 9 says, When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Amen. Say this out loud. God is for me. Say this, God is my helper. God is my helper. Say this, God is, on my side. God is on my side. Amen. So you have to get a revelation, and hopefully you're getting that revelation because a lot of times uh, in this walk, in, in our walk in Christ, we're going to go through different uh, seasons in our lives. Amen. And, amen. and, so, and so we got to grasp the reality that, that every season is not an easy season in God. There's going to be challenging seasons, amen? And so if we grasp the reality that God is for us, we'll be invincible in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. I'm going to say that again. If we get the revelation that God is for us, no matter what it looks like, we will be invincible, I'm preaching today, in the realm of the Spirit. Because what is the devil trying to do? Listen, the devil is trying to set us up for a disappointment. And if we get disappointed with God, amen, are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, sometimes we don't see our prayers coming to pass as fast as we want them to, or maybe there's some things going on in our household that we don't like, that the enemy's working against our children, and and, and sometimes we we get disappointed and it can cause us to lose a little bit of our trust in God. And I'm going to say this to you this morning, keep trusting God, no matter what it looks like. Say, I'm trusting God. God is for me. And so in, in Habakkuk, this is really pretty cool, in Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19, and I'm talking about trusting God in the season of famine in our lives, because there's going to be seasons of famine in our lives, there's going to be seasons of feasting in our lives, but, but no matter what we're going through, God is with us, amen? And here Habakkuk says this, through the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines... Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, through the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herds in the stalls, Uh, would you say that's a pretty pretty bad day? (laughs) Amen. It's like uh, nothing's working. (laughs) It doesn't seem like anything's working here. But then he then back says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation, no matter what it's looking like. He's saying, I'm going to rejoice anyway. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like a deer's feet, and he will make me walk on the high hills. Think about that. So, so what is of saying? He's saying no matter what it's looking like in our life, no matter what the devil is throwing at us in our life, he could be throwing everything in the kitchen sink. You still need to praise him because God is going to bring you above all those things. We just, we're just travelers. You might be traveling through the valley today. Amen. You might be traveling, but you're, you're moving into the road of good and plenty. You're you're entering into the land of good and plenty. Amen. The land flowing with milk and honey. So you're not going to stay in your wilderness. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not going to stay in your wilderness. Amen. So let's look at Romans 8.26. This is really powerful. It says here, likewise the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. Thank God. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought. It doesn't say we don't know how to pray. It just says we don't know how, you know, uh, we don't know how we should pray at times. There's going to be times in our life where we need the Holy Spirit to help us pray. We're going to have times in our life where we need, that's why we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power of speaking in tongues. That's the reason why when you don't know how to pray, you let the Holy Spirit take over. Amen. And you pray out what needs to be prayed out. So we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes, now notice this, intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So today I want to talk to you and focus on the fact that that, that not only is Jesus our intercessor, but the Holy Spirit is our intercessor as well. Amen? So I want to focus on that so we see this, that, that he, himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Notice that he makes intercession for us. It, it, when, when you think about intercession, that means that, that the Holy Spirit is standing in the gap for our weaknesses. Can I get a witness in the house today? Then notice in verse 20, 8, 27, 827, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession... For the saints, according to the will of God, Amen. Notice it says intercession again. Glory to God. So, so, so this is this is key because you're not by yourself this morning. You're you're not by yourself in your walk. Uh, you know, there there's the Holy Spirit is is making intercession. How does it? He, he does it through the saints. I remember that I was praying one day. I was. I got up in the, in the morning and I was praying and praying my Ephesian prayers. This was many years ago. And all of a sudden uh, I started praying in, a, uh, I was praying in my unknown language, but then the anointing came on me. And, and then all of a sudden I started groaning in the spirit and I was under like, uh, it's called travailing in the spirit. I started travailing in the spirit. And it wasn't, wasn't a lot of fun. And thank God that I was in my prayer closet. I wouldn't want anybody to see what, what was happening with, between me and the Holy Spirit. And so some of these things are very sacred. Amen. When you spend time with God, it's, it, it's, a, it, it's very sacred sometimes. And so I was, you know, in, it seemed like I was in a struggle in my prayer. It seemed like I was praying something out like I was birthing something out. Like like a lady having a baby, and it was it was it was not comfortable. And then I, I went through this process of a birthing process, of, of groaning in the spirit. And, and then all of a sudden, it lifted, and I have I had a Holy Ghost laughter. I started like almost like I did something good. And then I found out, you know, that day I found out that my nephew got in a car accident. And he and he was on a head-on car accident. He went through a, a traffic light and, and 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 he wasn't even wearing his seatbelt. he plunged right into another vehicle and he said that something supernaturally held him from hitting the, his head on the is like held him back and he and he didn't get hurt. his car got totaled I, I believe uh, the other person didn't get hurt amen and 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 I, I really believe that that me being in that position, hallelujah. Uh, uh, saved his life. It kept me from going back home because I was out of town to, for a funeral, amen? So, so God is looking for somebody. He's, say, say he's looking for me. God is looking. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro. His eyes go to and fro this planet looking for somebody that he can show himself strong. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Uh, uh, on, his, uh, on his behalf. And so when I got that report, I said, praise God, I was in a position of prayer to pray out for my nephew, amen, and he's still alive today, doing well, amen. And so God is amazing. So, 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 so the Holy Spirit can intercede when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit can help us pray out those things for our family. That's why you don't want to discount praying in the Holy Ghost. You want to pray in the Holy Ghost. Try to pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit every day. I'm not going to give you a rule, but try to pray a little bit every day. Amen. And why? Because it builds your, the Bible says, praying the holy, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will keep you walking in love. He'll try to anyway. Amen. Try to bring out that fruit. Amen. So Romans eight twenty eight, because that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the love of God, comes through abiding. I'm going to say that. It comes through abiding in Him. Say, I'm abiding in Him. And then Romans 8, 28, it says, this is connected to praying. This is connected to praying and interceding. It says, and we know all things work together. Say, all things work together for good. Amen. To those who love God and for those who are called according to His purpose. So, so no matter what it looks like in our life, God is working all things out. I'm preaching today. God is working. It doesn't matter if it looks like famine. God is working all things out for our good. you got to believe that. Say, God is for me. Amen. And then, then, then in eight, Romans 8.31, drop it down to 8.31, what shall we say these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, again, you've got to remember this because the enemy's trying to set up some of us up for disappointment. The enemy's trying to get us, you know, just, uh, you know, get us looking at the circumstances. The enemy's trying to challenge the word of God and the enemy will say, See, the Word of God is not working for you. No, the Word of God always works. God is always looking over His Word to perform it. Amen, amen. amen. What we need to do is stay steady. We need to wait upon the Lord until we see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so we love this, and, and I love this. It says here in Romans 8.32, it says here that he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. All things. Freely give us all things. In other words, if God didn't hold back his son, then then that means that God is willing to give us everything that heaven has to offer. Glory to God. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places are ours in Christ Jesus. Then he says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Amen. Who shall bring a charge against God? It is God who justifies. Notice that. It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Furthermore, also, it is risen. Who is even at the right hand of God? Notice this. Underline this in your Bible. Who makes intercession for us. Now we're getting a revelation here. We're getting a revelation that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. The Holy Spirit is working for us. Now we get a revelation that Jesus is, is on the, you know, right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Amen. That he's praying, like he said to Peter, when, when, Peter, when he told Peter that you're going to deny me, you know, that, that, that Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And you know, Satan wants to sift all of us like wheat. The, the devil's trying to come against us one way or the other. If it's not with your health, it's with your finances. If it's not with your finances, it's with your relationships. The enemy will try to hit you in different areas. Amen. But, 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 but if you just trust God, say trust God, trust God. And, and believe that, that, that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, representing you to the Father, you're going to make it. Say, I'm going to make it. So Jesus is our intercessor. So, so we see here that God is not condemning us. That, that, that the condemner is Satan himself. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Amen. And we know that Satan, uh, uh, it says in Revelation twelve ten that I heard a voice saying in heaven how salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So we see here... That Jesus, you could say he's our savior, yes. Amen. He's our savior. He's our, uh, he's our brother. He's also our brother in Christ. Amen. But he is also our great intercessor. Jesus is our great high priest that intercedes for us. And we can see this, that Jesus is the great high priest intercessor. And, devil, and the devil is the great accusator. <laughs> if I can say it right, if that's the right word. <laughs> he, he, like, he, like, he's. I'm sorry, he's the great accuser, and uh, accusator, that I'm going to make up words up here. Is that okay? Can I make up words up here? I'm going to just make up words up here. Amen. And uh, he's the great accuser. So, so what? What is the enemy trying to do? Well, the enemy's accusing us before the Father. Amen. Day and night, he accuses us. Amen. Like he accused Job of not being. Faithful, He accused Job of not being true to God. But Job ended up true and he ended up double for his trouble. And he's constantly accusing us. He does that straight to God, but he also does that through people. Because he will try to use people to accuse us before God. Amen. But God is with you. Say, God is with me. God is for me. And God's working on my behalf. So we can see that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is actively, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is active, and God is actively working for us today. Now, now let's read this again. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore he is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God also. Who makes intercession for us. Praise God. What is, that, what is the payoff for the, this intercession that Jesus is making for us? It's called unconditional love. Amen. It's called His unconditional love. Because, see, Jesus had a ministry down here. And He, and he taught the disciples. And, and, and He raised up disciples for, to, to, to change the world. Amen? And then, but, but Jesus' ministry did not stop after He left this planet. Jesus is still in ministry today. But he is functioning in a different place in ministry. He's interceding for the saints. Can I get a witness today? So, he, so Jesus, you know, sometimes we say, you know, sometimes a person will come up to me and say, pray for me, pastor. But do you know Jesus is praying for you? I'm praying for you too. Amen. When I went over yesterday to visit Larry in the hospital you know, he, he gave me a call and he was dealing with some stuff. He, he's pretty stable right now. I believe that, that Larry, we got to keep Larry around. Amen. Because he's the best cornhole watcher that we got. Amen. Uh, when we play cornhole at the men's breakfasts, that's what he says. And I, say, I said to Larry yesterday, I said, we got to keep you around. He said, why, Pastor? Because there's no other cornhole watcher like you. Amen. And, he, and he, he laughed a little bit. We spent some time talking. But, I, but he said to me, you know, he said to me, uh, Pastor, I don't think it's my time yet. Amen. 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 I, I think Amen. I'm going to be here a little longer. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. And I and praise God, because I'm, I'm interceding for him. Yeah. I said, God, give him a little bit more time. Yes, give, I, we need him to, here because we, we, we can't replace him as a cornhole watcher. Glory yeah. to God. So I'm interceding for him. And so we had a great time fellowshipping yesterday and I prayed for him, anointed him with oil. And, uh, you know, he was encouraged and I believe he's going to be out of the hospital really soon. Amen. So, 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 so really the payoff of understanding that Jesus is the great intercessor is unconditional love. And we see this in the next verse in 835. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. But that sounds, again, that sounds like what I read in Habakkuk. It, you know, in Habakkuk it says that nothing's working. And Paul is saying, you know, even though that we could face some of these trials in our lives, uh, can that separate us from the love of, Christ, love of God in Christ? No, it can't. And then, then Paul goes in and says, it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. What? What is he talking about? We are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. What? What do you mean we're counted? Because to the world, it may look like we're losing. Do you know when the, when the, when the Christians were thrown to the lions, you know, you know they, they, the Christians were persecuted all through the centuries. Many martyrs in Christ. And even though they were being thrown to the, to the lions, they were singing to their deaths. Even though they were being uh, burned at the stake, they were worshiping God in the fire. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And they didn't lose in this life. They gained victory when they got to heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They got the martyr's crowned. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So it may look like, you may look like you're being killed. You may look like you're counted as sheep for the slaughter. But, but hold on, hold on, it's not over yet. God is still working on your behalf. He's still working things out for your good. you got to get a revelation of that. And when you get a revelation of that, it's going to keep you in a high level of faith. Amen. So praise God. So in Romans 8, 37, he says, yet in all these things, now th- this, this is it. He says, in all these things, in all what things? In all the hard times in our life, and all the famine seasons in our life, he says that we're more than conquerors. How can you be more than a conqueror? Because we're walking in faith. And when we walk in faith, faith always overcomes the world. What is that that overcomes the world? Even our faith. And so we're overcomers because Jesus is the great overcomer. And Jesus, the great overcomer, is living in each one of us. That, that's the reason why we can overcome. Say, I'm an overcomer. So we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So let's recap here. God is for us. He loves us. And, and, he, and we can't, the devil can't stop us as long as we keep standing in God. Jesus is constantly interceding and standing in the gap for us. Now let's look at John first John one i uh, I'm sorry, first John one five and six. It says, This is really good. It says, This is a message we have heard from him, and declare to you that God is light, and in him no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So, so, so what he's saying here, he's saying here that God is light. There's no darkness in him. He, he dwells in, in light. And he's saying as Christians, if, we walk in, if, we, if we're walking in darkness and we're saying we're walking the truth, we're not telling the truth. And so, so when we walk in darkness, when we're doing things that aren't right, what happens is it gives the devil access into our lives to take us down. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Amen. It gives the devil access into our life. Amen. And we don't want the devil to have any access in our lives. Amen. Amen. And then in 1 John right here, the cure to, the cure to sin in our life. You want, you want to hear what the cure for sin uh, in our life is? Walking in the light. He says in 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Yeah. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Cleanses us from all sin. So we see here that if we walk in the light. So what am I saying to you today? See, the the, the key to our uh, uh, us having power in God is us having a constant fellowship with God and that constant fellowship Uh, the only way you can break that fellowship, you can't break your relationship. I'm not saying you're breaking your relationship. You're in Christ. But sin can break our fellowship with Christ. It it, it can hurt the way our view, how we view God. God's always viewing us with with unconditional love. but, But when we are not walking in the right place with God, we don't see God That way we we will have a sense of judgment that may come into our life. And we can't afford to walk in darkness. Can somebody say amen on that? I'm going to say this. This is really powerful. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. And, And as long as we're walking by the leading of the Holy Spirit and obeying the word of God, the blood of Jesus will consistently cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I'm going to say this. We're all growing in Christ. And, there, and, and some of you have been saved for a long time. And probably when you were early in Christ, you may have done some things that you don't do today. Right. Amen. <laughs> and, and you've done things probably out of ignorance. But at, and what happens is when we do things out of ignorance, uh, uh, God doesn't hold that against us, per se, because the blood of Jesus is working. Amen. It's washing and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. It's, it's covering, it's, it's protecting us, if I may. And, and, so, and so, but as we grow in Christ and we learn some things, then we, don't, we stop doing the wrong things and continue to do the right things as long as we're walking in light. What is sin? It's violation of light. It's, it's violation on what you know to do right. If you, if you violate that, then that's sin. And that can be different for everybody in here. Amen. It's not just one set rule. Sin is what, what you feel in your heart is not right to do. Right. Amen. So, it's, so you don't want to put your, put, put, put what you believe God, if, if you don't believe God wants you eating meat, well, you don't need to tell your brother that they don't need to eat meat. Right. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, that's, you're, putting, you're putting your convictions on other people. No, no, we got to walk in the light of what God is leading us to do. And when you're doing that, you are safe in God. You're not compromising. You're walking in truth. And that's how you stay uh, in the place of grace in God. Amen. So let's look at 1 John 1, 8 and 10. It says here, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Amen. This is where the world is at. The world doesn't believe that they're in sin. People without Christ don't believe that their lifestyle is bad. Do you know that? They believe that they're okay. They believe that God is okay well, it, 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 you know, they're, with their lifestyle. They, they believe, well, we're just human beings and we're, we're, we're sexual beings and God, and God created us sexual beings so we can do whatever we want, you know. And, and, but, but the world, they don't believe that, that, uh, that they have no sin. That, that, that's why you've got to convince them with the word of God. That, that, we're, uh, that the world, is, uh, are, they are sinners in need of a, of a savior. Amen. And then he says here, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. That's right, from all unrighteousness. This is not, this, this can be, you know, you could say, well, this is, could be the sinner's prayer. Amen. You could say the sinner needs to pray and get Jesus, but this is actually saying that it's a, if a Christian misses it, he can ask forgiveness and the blood. Will wa- In other words, anytime you realize that you made a mistake or that you sinned or that you crossed the, the grace mark, you always confess your sin. Right. Confess it. Uh, f- confess it and, and let it go, Amen. Then he says in verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Notice he brings that back. He's saying that we, we, we have to live in truth and not lies. And he's saying here, don't, don't cover up, don't, don't make excuses for it. He's saying here, face up to it, repent, turn from it and walk in the, the fellowship that God wants you to walk in. Amen. The Lord, again, judges us according to the light that we walk in. As long as we keep walking in that light then, then, and, and walking according to the word of God, we will be safe in God. Now, now let's look at first John two, because this is really this is really great. This is really talking about where I want to focus on here this morning is about Jesus being our intercessor. And he says here, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin." And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I love that. If anybody sins, we have somebody standing in the gap. Because sometimes we can sin out of fear. Amen. We we allow fear to come in. And we're afraid about something's going to happen. So we, we tell a lie. Amen. We're trying to protect ourselves. And sometimes fear produces sin in our life. Amen. But if you're in Christ and you're trusting Him, no fear in Christ. Amen. And He says, He Himself is the propitiation, propitiation for our sins and not for ours also, but also for the whole world. So we see here that Jesus is our advocate. He is standing for us, um, you know, by the mercy seat, uh, presenting us to the Father. Amen. And, he, and He's the price that's paid. Perpetuation means that He paid the price so that we could have right standing with God. So, so God is constantly seeing... See, what, what, what's happening in heaven is God is constantly seeing the blood on the mercy seat. Okay, I'm preaching today. God is constantly seeing the blood on the mercy seat. Amen. And then God is also hearing Jesus' prayers interceding for us. So the blood is working. And intercession's working. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Say the blood, the blood is working. And intercession is working. Amen. I like what it says in the New Living Translation. My dear children, I'm writing this to you that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ. The one is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Notice that that that, that Jesus uh, atones for our sins. He's representing us in heaven. The New Century Version says this way: "Dear children, I write this letter to you that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an helper in the presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who does not who does the what is right." He died in our place, takes away our sin, and not only our sins but also the sins of all people. Amen. So that's that's amazing to me. So 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 you know, God wants sin wiped away from us so bad that even in uh, even in the scripture of James five fourteen, when the Bible says, "If anyone among you is sick, call upon the elders of the church." And 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 it says that that the prayer of faith will save the sick, and then if they've committed any sin, it will be forgiven. Think about that. Just calling on the elders and getting prayer gets forgiveness of sin. That that's how much God wants sin out of our life. Just submitting to God. That that's that's a powerful statement because when I prayed for Larry yesterday, I prayed according to James five fourteen. And, you know, if Larry missed it in any way, it's covered. Say it's covered. Amen. And so here in Job 9.32, let's look at, we're going to look at an old uh, book. And this is probably one of the oldest books in the Bible. It, it, chronologically, it's not the first book, Genesis is. But it is one of the oldest writings. And this is Job. And and, and Job, of course, we, I've talked about Job in my series. And, and And Job was, you know, an upright man as far as, He was concerned and uh, and uh, he was, you know, grappling with the idea. Job was going through famine in his life. He was going through all kinds of trials in his life. And he was he was dealing with, you know, feelings like God wasn't really doing him right. And so he was dealing with these feelings and he felt like that he couldn't relate to God. He couldn't relate to a holy God uh, that, that was so high up there. And he felt like that God could not relate to, 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 to a sinful man. And he said here in Job 9.32, he says, For he is not a man as I am, talking about God. God's not a man that I am, that I may answer him, that we should go to court together. Notice he's talking about, you know, that, that heaven is kind of like a courtroom in a sense. Uh, and, and so he's saying here, that, that God's not a man, that, that we should go to court together. He just felt like that, that God couldn't understand uh, where he was at. Nor is there any, now he says this, is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both? So, so we see here that Job was actually, I believe he was prophesying way back there, way before Jesus, that God would bring somebody that could stand in the gap for us. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? And, and so, so Job was, what was, was, was was grappling with the idea, I, I just, I, I, I need a, a mediator. I need somebody. Amen. He says in Job 9, 32, 35, he is not a mere mortal like me that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. If only there were someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together, someone to remove God's rod from me so that his terror would not frighten me. No more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But it, as it now stands with me, I cannot. So we see here that Job was in a predicament. And he was in a predicament that he felt like that he wasn't really being truly represented in heaven. That he could only, you know, the, the Bible, say, well, they say that if you, if you uh, defend yourself in court, you're, you're foolish. Have you ever heard that? We need, we need somebody. To, to, to defend for us. Who is that person? Jesus. In First John 2, 1, it says, if you, if uh, it says, My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Lord, our righteous. So Job was saying, I need an advocate. Job was saying that. John, the apostle John, is saying, we have an advocate. So Job was saying, are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, our covenant is better than the old covenant. It's based on better promises, glory to God. So we are so, so, so grace, we're, we're living in the, 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 the era of grace that covers us, amen. And we are so valuable to God. We are so valuable to Him that, that even though. Adam and Eve sinned, and even though they got separated from God, God was willing to do whatever it took to bring us back into a relationship with Him. I'm going to say this, silver and gold could not purchase our redemption. All the platinum in a thousand worlds could not purchase our redemption. I like what Peter says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, Like silver and gold from the aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spots. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, we are redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Glory to God. That blood again is on the mercy seat of heaven. Crying out redemption. Crying out forgiveness. We thank God that Jesus is interceding for us. Glory to God. In Hebrews 7, 20 to 25, it says, Be so much, talking about Jesus being our high priest. By so much more, Jesus becomes surety a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. This is talking about the Old Testament. This is talking about the old covenant that, that many priests uh, uh, would, would apply the blood on the mercy seat once a year to cover the sins of the people. And these priests applied the blood on the mercy seat. And, and, but the, these, these, these priests grew old and then, then they would die and then other priests would have to be raised up and they would have to continue to change out priests. Amen. But we know that Jesus will never be changed out. Jesus is a priest forever like Melchizedek. And Jesus has only been, will only be sacrificed one time. Amen. Glory to God. And his blood will always continue to cleanse us. In 1 Timothy 2.5 it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So we see this that Paul kind of emphasizes that it's the man Christ Jesus because Jesus was 100% man but 100% God. Did you know in Philippians, it says that Jesus actually uh, did not consider himself to be robbery, to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of man. In other words, Jesus laid his glory down so that he can become like a man, so he, he could identify with us. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so, so we have Jesus... That was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He laid down his God power. And he was anointed in Acts 10.38. How Jesus was a Nazareth was, was with the Holy Spirit and with power. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. What about doing good and healing all that was the, the devil. But Jesus had to be anointed to do miracles in this realm. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So let's, let's look at this because Jesus, listen. When, when, when Job said, I need somebody to identify with me in heaven. We need we need Jesus because Jesus knows God. Jesus has an eternal relationship with God and he can represent both areas because Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. He can represent us down here and he can represent us to the Father. In Hebrews seven twenty four twenty five 25 it says but because he continues forever as an unchanging priesthood, therefore he's able to save to the utmost those who come to God through him since he always lives and makes intercession for them. Notice that. See, see he, he's able to save to the utmost. In other words, God, there's no pit so deep that God's arm is too short to reach down and pull us out. In other words, he can save us to the utmost. And I'm going to say this, that God has given not only Jesus the ministry of interceding for us, but he's given that to us. What's that, pastor? In other words, you can pray for your family. You can pray. You can stand in the gap. I'm standing in a gap for Yen's family that's, that's hooked in. We are intercessors ourselves. I love what it says in, in, in John, 1 John 5, 14. It says, now this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. Is it God's will for everybody to be saved? Come on, can I get a witness? Is it God's will for everybody to be saved? Yes, it is. For God so loved the world. He doesn't want anybody to perish. So it's God's will. Amen. You don't even have to think about it. It's God's will for your children to be saved. It's God's will for your neighbors to be saved. It's God's will for people to be saved. Amen. And it says here, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know He hears us... Oh my, I'm talking about salvation today. Yeah. I'm talking about this could change the whole destiny of your family today. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of Him. Right. Oh, that's powerful. In other words, God's answering our prayers. Our kids are marked for Christ. Yeah. Our families are marked for Christ. Why? Because yeah. god that's God's will. Yeah. And if that's God's will and we're praying... They can't escape God's goodness. Oh, I'm preaching today. Our children cannot escape God's goodness. Now, this is what I want to get into. And I'm I'm trying to close out today. It says, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin. Now, I'm getting deep this morning. Can, can Can I get a little deep today? It says, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death. Think about this. He will ask and he... God, the Father, will give him life for those who commit sin, not lead to death. Stop right there. Glory to God. Think about this. Just think about what John is saying. John is saying here, the Apostle John, he's saying if, if, there's, if there's brothers or sisters that you might have, if there's your children that's not walking right with God and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're committing some kind of sin, they're walking in darkness, they're, they're not in church, glory to God, you can pray for them, are, are you hear what I'm saying to you today, and God will give them life. Oh my Lord Jesus. Is that God's will to give everybody life? Oh, it's God's will to give. And you can pray life for your family. Listen, if they're committing sin, well, well, sin is is twofold. It's their sins of omission and sins of commission. People say, what does that mean, pastor, sins of omission? Well, sin of omission is things that you know you need to be doing that you're not doing. We all can fall in that category. Amen. The Bible says, do not forsake yourself the assembly of, of believers for the day is drawn near. Well, well, not coming to church without a good excu- reason. Amen. Unless you're working or you're sick or whatever. If you're not showing up to church and you have the ability to show up to church, you're, you're, you're not really obeying that command of us coming together to be, to be in the presence of God. And so that could be a sin of omission. You're not doing what you, what needs to be done, and then there's sins of commission. You're doing things that you know are wrong, and you need to stop it. Amen. But even if our children or people doing things that we love are doing wrong, if they're committing that sin, you pray for life for them, and God will give them life. Glory. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. But then there are then then he goes on to say. But, but don't pray if God doesn't lead. In other words, there might be some people that may have gone so far that God says don't pray for them anymore. That's what it says here. Ooh, that's pretty strong. It says that there is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death. So, so, so there's many sins out here. It would, it would, it would be a person that, 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 that denies Christ, that doesn't want God in their life, that's totally opposing everything that, that, that God wants in their life, and it's, it would be a, a Christian that was mature in their walk, that tasted of the good things of God, that's been in the presence of God, and then if they turn around and go back into the world, after experiencing everything that God has for them to experience, if they keep going that way and they keep saying, no, I don't want God in their life, God will allow them to go. But that's not us. That's not our children. They're they're not actively coming against God. Amen. No, 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 no. That's when we pray for life for them. Glory to God. So what is God saying? Uh, He's saying in His Word, He's calling Jesus to be an intercessor. He's calling us to be intercessors. He's calling us to pray for people. Glory to God. And as we do these things, the blood of Jesus will work for our families, for our relatives, for all that are with us. Did you receive it tonight, today? Yes. Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that your word is so glorious. And I thank you, Father God, oh, that, that Jesus, you're interceding for us. You're interceding for our families. And I thank you, Lord God, that we can intercede and pray. And I'm praying for all those that are listening today at the sound of my voice. And, and if you perhaps here in the audience or, 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 or listening today and, and, and you uh, know you need to get right with God, you need to uh, let go of those things that are keeping you from having that full fellowship, then today is a day of salvation. And I want you to call on the name of the Lord today. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So just say this prayer after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus. You died on the cross. For my sins, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.